I was sitting at the Golden Ramsay restaurant, the most expensive British diner, when suddenly my phone rang. It was Eric, my toxic ex-boyfriend. You look gorgeous, even when you eat and drink. Jerk, we broke up. Stop talking to me. I angrily dropped the phone and put the chair over my head, trying to hide from him. Suddenly, a car passed the restaurant entrance and my ex shouted loudly. You can run, but you can't hide. I'll definitely come back to you. <laughs> then, without paying attention, Eric's car crashed into a nearby trash can, causing him to fall out of the car. Jeez. Hi, everyone. I'm Victoria Holland, 18 years old. I'm the sole heiress to the largest securities corporation in the UK. I'm sorry to have greeted you with a heavy mood like that, but you see, I was a girl who had everything, but lacked the most important thing. Freedom. From a young age, I was trained by my parents to be their successful heiress. All of my activities were controlled and supervised by them to ensure that I would keep the best image for our family. I must always obey them unconditionally. Like many wealthy and old-fashioned families, I was betrothed to a member of the British aristocracy. It sounds stupid to me, but if I proved to myself to be an independent, talented woman, no one could force me to get married, right? I also didn't have a lot of romance experience. Eric Wilson was the only boy I dated back then. However, it was horrible. He kept me on a tight leash. Eric always made me video call him anytime, anywhere. One day when the library manager told me to come get my borrowed books, I disappeared from the phone screen for a while and he immediately shouted. Victoria, where are you? Are you secretly dating behind my back? He kept shouting loudly and caught the attention of the people around me. I was so panicked that I rushed to turn off the phone but accidentally bumped into the bookshelf instead and caused the books to drop to the ground. Richard, the coolest and most mysterious guy in my school, stared at me and grunted. Be mindful of your surroundings. Then the librarian kicked me out of the library. Oh, it was all because of Eric. Another time I had a dance class and was paired up with a boy. While we were dancing, I saw Eric sneaking behind the class door in an absurd appearance. He grabbed his shoe and threw it at my dance partner's head. Who let you touch my Victoria? My whole class laughed loudly while the teacher tried to prevent him from entering, but Eric threw a pile of money at him. Take this and get lost. I yelled at him angrily. Enough! Let's break up. I can't stand a control freak like you. I ran outside and Eric was about to chase me, but Richard tripped him. Cool your head, snob. This is an academic place, not your playground. You? Richard just coldly pulled away and left him behind. From that day on, I cut off all contact with Eric. Although he kept bothering me for a while, he eventually disappeared. I breathed a sigh of relief because I thought I had finally gotten rid of my toxic boyfriend. One day, my parents suddenly announced that they would introduce me to my fiancé and had already arranged for us to meet. That evening, I walked into the dining room and almost fell backwards because the ones who were waiting there were none other than Eric and his dad. My ex was my future fiancé? Oh my, I didn't know you two were already lovers. I don't... We had a small fight, but we are still inseparable, right, cutie pie? Everyone laughed because of his words, 
Well, I just wanted to kick that sicko out of my house. My parents and Eric's agreed to hold our wedding soon just because he kept showing happy pictures of us when we were still dating. Ew! I was sick to my stomach, but I didn't want to embarrass my parents, so I just stayed silent for the whole meal that day. I could only shoot my food at Eric with my fork as revenge. Victoria, behave. It's okay. She's so cute. <laughs> Ugh! I must stop this. I would definitely make Eric hate me. Soon, news of my and Eric's engagement broke out. My parents even enrolled us in some <gasps> pre-marriage classes for the nobility. Jeez, those boring classes quickly became a disaster when I had to study with Eric. <laughs> the teacher invited me and him to stand in front of the class to demonstrate that method. It was a golden opportunity for me to teach my ex a lesson. I slipped a bag of farts into Eric's <laughs> pants pocket, and when he sat down to meditate, the sound of farting was so loud and vulgar that it made the whole class burst out laughing. The teacher tried to hold back her laughter while covering her nose and told Eric to go back to his seat. Ha ha! <laughs> Looking at his flustered face, I knew he must have been fed up with me. When class ended and we went home, Eric suddenly ordered the driver to stop in an empty alley. He then pulled me out of the car and shouted, Stop resisting me or you'll regret it. He held my wrist so tightly it hurt. At that moment, huh? someone instantly grabbed Eric's collar and punched him. It was Richard. He quickly pulled me behind his back and threatened to punch Eric again. My fiance sobbed, then ran away. I won't forget this. After he was gone, I thanked Richard profusely as he caressed my painful wrist gently. <gasps> Is he always bothering you like that? Yes, ironically, we're engaged against my will, but I'm trying my best to get rid of him. Without saying anything, he just carried me to his car, then drove me home. After that day, I talked to Richard more. His gentleness was completely different from his cold appearance. More than that, Richard fully understood the pressure of being an heir, and he also hated arranged marriages. It was the reason why his parents divorced. Richard inspired me a lot. With that, I decided to bravely announce the annulment of my marriage to my parents. One day, I called my parents into the living room. I made it clear to them how controlling and toxic Eric was, and how desperate I was to cut him off. My mom was shocked, but my dad smashed a bunch of pictures of Richard punching Eric on me. You left Eric for a delinquent like this? I... Eric was so traumatized that he was hospitalized. If the public knew about this, our reputation would be ruined. Although I was very disappointed at his response, I was still forced to go to the hospital to take care of my stupid fiancé. Thankfully, Richard suggested taking me there for safety reasons. When we brought flowers to the front door of Eric's hospital room, we accidentally overheard him calling his parents. Victoria's dad is easier to fool than I thought. After I marry her, he'll help cover the loss of our company. I couldn't keep my composure and was about to throw the flower basket at him. But Richard stopped me. Wait, I have this idea. After three days, Eric was released from the hospital, and the first thing he did was look for me. However, he was very alarmed when he opened the door, only to find everything in the house in disarray. In the middle of the mess, I hugged Eric's leg and cried bitterly. We're broke. Can you help my family pay off the debt? What in the world? I explained to him that my family had gone bankrupt because of bad business. When he heard that, he kicked me and screamed. Are you crazy? My family has unpaid debts too. 
Please, don't you want to marry me anymore? Not a chance. I only wanted you for your money. I held my stomach and laughed so hard that he startled. My dad appeared and grunted angrily. So my daughter is right. You just want to marry her for money. I won't let scum like you set foot in our family. Furious for being fooled, Eric was about to lunge at me, but Richard held him back in time. I winked at him. We are never, ever getting back together. Soon after, my dad called off the wedding between me and Eric, my toxic ex who was also under investigation for illegal business. From then on, I was free to live my life as I wished. My parents gave me the freedom to fall in love with anyone I wanted. And of course, the only <laughs> one in my mind now is Richard. Do you think I should tell him my feelings? Hi everyone, my name is Caroline, and I was homeless until the moment when billionaires took me to live in their luxurious mansion. Wondering how that happened? Stay tuned! One cold fall evening, I was trying to find money for food. Well, or just food, I didn't care. Ask me how it happened that I became homeless? Well, my parents died a couple of years ago, and I couldn't live in an orphanage because the local kids abused me. At one point, I ran away, figuring the streets would be easier for me. That night, I couldn't find a cent on the street and had already resigned myself to starving. Suddenly, I saw a well-dressed woman on her way to the supermarket. I immediately ran up to her and tried to steal her purse. Believe me, it wasn't my first robbery. The street dictates its own rules. However, at that very minute, some guy was right next to us. He pushed me away. Get lost, tramp, or you'll be in trouble. He threatened me with his fist. I didn't want to confront him and ran away. Well, now I had no food and money. But the next day, I had a surprise. The woman I was trying to steal from found me outside the supermarket, handed me a full bag of food and a warm jacket. Thank you, but why? You're too good to me. I tried to rob you. I had tears of gratitude in my eyes. I know you had to do it because of the way you live. She smiled. What's your name? Caroline. And why are you on the streets at such a young age? I told her the story of my life. The woman wept and promised to help me. I expected her to give me some more warm clothes and a sleeping bag and lots of food. But what happened next didn't just shock me. It killed me. In a good way, don't worry. A woman arrived in a luxury car with her husband. At this time, I was eating a baguette, trying to stretch it out into the evening. Well, that's it, Caroline. You're coming to live with us now, said my savior and smiled. Wh what? I was so shocked. I choked on a piece of baguette. A girl like you shouldn't be living on the streets. We want to adopt you. Is that what you want too? She asked. Of course I said yes. And who wouldn't refuse in my place? On the way, I was modestly silent and terribly worried. And when we arrived, I was speechless. Now I'm going to live in a luxurious mansion, like a real castle. I was incredibly happy until I saw the guy defending my new mom. Oh, I forgot all about him. I bet he wouldn't be happy to have me in his house. Who the hell is she? He frowned at me as we got out of the car. Nick, this is your new sister, Caroline. We've decided to adopt her. Are you out of your mind? She's the tramp who tried to rob you, Mom. 
Nick, I get it, but it's my decision and your father's. We always wanted a second child, but you know yourself that we can't have any more. So get a normal kid from an orphanage. Nick, Caroline lives here now. Accepted, said the father sternly. Nick immediately calmed down. His father seemed to be an authority he didn't risk arguing with. The boy muttered something to himself and went into the house, slamming the door loudly. Mr. and Mrs. Gilbert showed me my room, which I was absolutely delighted with. A huge bed, my own walk-in closet, lots of new and beautiful things, and a private bathroom. It's like heaven. I couldn't even dream of that. I immediately fell on my bed and cried with happiness. Now I had a home and a family. I'm not alone. But I was having trouble with Nick. I tried to get through to him, but the guy was stubbornly ignoring me. But what pissed Nick off the most was that his best friend had found common ground with me. Brian was a nice young man. He treated me like a regular girl, even though he knew I was from the streets. He helped me study. When my parents hired teachers to homeschool me, he talked to me and even taught me how to play PlayStation. And then one day, I overheard an unpleasant conversation. How can you socialize with that tramp? Nick asked angrily. She's normal. It's your sister. She's not my sister. She's the trash of society. I felt so hurt by those words. I couldn't hold back my tears. I went down to the living room and stared at a picture on the wall for a long time. I really liked the painting. I couldn't help myself, so I went and touched it. If you touch it again, you're out of the house. Nick threatened me when he came in. What? If I find you stole something or invited your tramp friends over, I'm not going to be nice to you. I'll throw you all out. I don't want to steal anything. For the first time, I decided to stand up for myself. I'm not what you think I am. And you'd know that if you weren't such a jerk. We would have kept fighting, but my parents came back. They gave me an expensive phone with a bunch of diamonds on it. Nick just snorted and went back to his room. And I was as happy as a baby. The next day, I decided to take a little walk. It was a beautiful day. I was listening to music on my phone when suddenly I was stopped by some vagrants with whom I used to feud. The thing is, I've always been on my own and a lot of people didn't like it. Seeing me in my new clothes and with a cool new phone like this, the tramps just jumped on me without a word, stealing all my money, phone, and even my new jacket. They did me bad and I sat down on the pavement and cried. How bad I felt. But then help came from somewhere I didn't expect. Nick was there. He helped me up and asked me what happened to me. When he heard about the tramps, he called his friends to deal with my abusers. Honestly, my heart almost stopped when Nick and his friends fought the vagrants. The guys took my stuff back and we ran from the cops, laughing for some reason. Nick, thank you so much. I hugged him. You're the best brother ever. The guy blushed and didn't say anything back, but I wasn't offended because his actions were more eloquent than words. When we got home, mom was shocked to see a battered Nick. He brushed it off and said it was okay. My father, on the other hand, was not happy about it. The thing is, my adoptive parents are billionaires and reputation is very important to them. They were afraid of any scandal so they raised Nick in a strict manner to keep him out of trouble. Nick got very angry when his father told him off, so I decided to console my brother. 
As it turned out, it pissed Nick off that he lived in a rich family in the first place. You see, money is a weapon to reach some goals, but it's not about happiness. My dad wants me to carry on his business, and I want to be a doctor, and we fight about it all the time. I even felt sorry for Nick, even though I didn't understand him. He had everything since he was a kid, but he doesn't appreciate it because it's not money that matters to him. It's the dream. If he lived in the street, he'd start appreciating everything he has. But then I realized what Nick meant. My father had arranged a business meeting at home with his partners, ordering Nick to attend. I could see that Nick wasn't interested at all. He even got hung up on the phone a few times, for which he received a stern reprimand from father. My father, very cleverly, without descending to insults, humiliated Nick. I felt really bad for my brother. So, I stood up for him. Dad smiled at me and said that I didn't understand anything and that he knew better how to make his son happy and more importantly, rich. Nick was touched that I stood up for him and for the first time, he called me sister and hugged me. Thank you, no one ever stood up for me, he said. I believe in you, Nick. Don't give up, follow your dreams to the end. But I didn't think my words would have that effect on him. The thing is, that night, Nick ran away from home. He left a note in the living room, saying he'd rather be lonely and poor, but happy and free. My parents immediately pulled all the strings to find my brother, and my heart froze with fear. What if something happened to him? Then it would be all my fault. I was the one who encouraged him to follow his dream. Idiot! My parents couldn't sit still, so they went looking for Nick too. It didn't take us long to find my brother. He was surrounded by a gang of vagrants who wanted to get back at Nick for the last incident. They wanted to attack him in a group. We jumped out of the car right away, scared off all the vagrants and took Nick away. Son, that's not manly. You ran away like a coward. I ran away because I'm sick of you. I don't want to go into business. My goal is to help people and heal them. This argument went on all the way. At one point, Dad got so nervous, he lost control of the car. We hit a pole. Nick hit his head hard on the dashboard. My mom and I got scared. Dad seemed fine. My brother lost consciousness, and mom immediately dialed 911. What kind of misfortune is following us? Luckily, Nick wasn't seriously injured, but we were so scared for him. We cried in the room while they bandaged his head. I'm fine, don't worry. He smiled at us. It must have had some effect on my father, and he mellowed. Nick, after all, was allowed to study to be a doctor. He was no longer bogged down with business meetings, which my brother hated so much. But there was another problem. You haven't forgotten about Nick's best friend Brian, have you? Well, he confessed his feelings to me. I was speechless. I didn't see Brian as a boyfriend. He was a friend to me. Nick, on the other hand, was very concerned. He was against us dating. But why? Brian asked. She's my sister and you're my best friend. This is a bad idea. It wasn't so long ago that you didn't think of her as your sister. A lot has changed, Brian. I'm against it. I don't want her to be in a relationship right now and then suffer through a breakup or a fight. Caroline needs to study. Brian didn't like that. Then I had to get into a dialogue and explain to the guy that I wasn't interested in relationships yet. Brian got upset but didn't insist on anything. Eventually, I got used to the luxurious life, and Nick became not just my brother, but my best friend, with whom I could talk to about anything. 
I'm glad this family came into my life. It's because of them that everything has changed for the better. Would you like to live in a billionaire family? Write your answers in the comments. I'd be interested to read them. Also, don't forget to share the video with your friends. Bye. Hey guys, my name is Gloria. And you won't believe it, but I eat money. I love its taste and crunch. But it was not always like this. It's just that at some point I wanted to try something new in my life. To be honest, this turned into certain trouble for me. I live in a very wealthy family. My parents are big businessmen who sell cars all over the world. So I have everything that any teenager can dream of, and even more than that. For example, on my 13th birthday, my parents gave me a yacht on which I had a cool party. And when I turned 14, I got a helicopter. And if you think that's cool, you're wrong. You see, when a person doesn't have a lot of money, they can dream and get incredible emotions from purchases. But I can't do that. I have everything, and I no longer dream of anything. And new expensive things do not evoke any emotions in me. Lately, I have lived as if in a vacuum that was covered with gold. Everything around me was shining and sparkling, but this didn't impress me. However, one day, everything changed. Once, my classmates and I were hiking, but had a little trouble. The branches of the trees were wet because of the recent rain, which, by the way, hadn't been mentioned in the weather forecast. In addition, Leo even forgot to take paper, despite the fact that he was responsible for the things that were necessary for the fire. This meant that we would not be able to make it. We were already getting a bit nervous because Leo's lips were blue from cold, and my hands became numb. The rest of my classmates tried to keep warm by hugging each other. We needed too much time to go back, but we were already exhausted so we had to stay there and shiver with cold. Some of us have already begun to think that we would freeze to death there. And for some reason, it was at this moment that one brilliant idea came to my mind. I completely forgot that I had several bundles of notes in my backpack. I took them out, calmly set them on fire, and then put more or less dry branches on them. This was how we got fire. The guys didn't cry as much from the horror stories that we told each other on the way as from me burning the money. They were really upset seeing this, while I actually felt some kind of pleasure. I loved seeing shocked faces around me, and it evoked emotions in me. I decided not to stop there. So when I got home, I ordered the housekeeper to light the fireplace. And when the flame was blazing in it, I was throwing green bills there. I enjoyed watching the fire consuming them, because at that moment, I felt almost like the lord of the world who could afford anything. However, I quickly got tired of it, and again I found myself in a void. But I did not want to be there so much that I decided to do another crazy thing. I smashed my car, which cost several million with a bat. And after that, I cut many of my branded clothes with scissors. But the problem is that I still do not feel joy and happiness at all. And then, one evening, while suffering from idleness, 
I was watching a YouTube video of a girl eating a $100 bill. At that moment, I thought that she was crazy. But a little later, this idea seemed very tempting to me. I took a $10 bill, tore it in half, and ate it. Well, you won't believe it, but I even liked the taste of money. Also, the note crunched so cool on my teeth. And since then, I ate several bills every day. Once, I came up with the idea of making a salad out of money and adding garlic sauce to it. (laughs) That was yummy. But then I wanted to show everyone how cool I was. Right at school, I made myself a sandwich with $100 bills and ate it in front of my classmates, licking my fingers. They were shocked and asked why I was doing this. I replied that I liked the taste of money and then suggested that they try the wonderful sandwich too. Leo said that I was nuts and I was doing some kind of bullshit. Because of my antics, I lost a friend who, for some reason, didn't want to talk to me. He began to ignore me and it seemed silly to me because I did not judge him for eating a lot of burgers. However, Leo's ignoring did not stop me, and every day I continued to eat money in the school cafeteria. The guys told me that I was crazy while I found their reaction funny, and then I decided to go to a new level. After coming to the park, I sat down on a bench, took out my wallet, and started eating money. I also made a thick straw out of bills and began drinking a milkshake. Some people were looking back at me, while others were making comments, and one guy even took my wallet with money and ran away with it. I just laughed at it, because it was already empty. Then some old lady sat down next to me, and after looking at what I was doing, she condemned me and said that I did not value anything in this life. I didn't want to listen to the moral teachings on how I should behave, so I decided to visit my favorite cafe to get a coffee and cheesecake. But this turned out to be a real disaster for me because I was badly poisoned and in the evening called an ambulance to be taken to the hospital. While I was lying in the ward after the stomach wash and waiting for my test results, I published an angry review on the page of that cafe mentioning that one could easily get poisoned there. However, when the doctor entered the room, he said that the printing ink caused my poisoning. He asked what I had eaten on that day, and I told him everything, emphasizing on the coffee and cheesecake. But the doctor said that my addiction to banknotes, which were soaked in a very dangerous and toxic paint, was to blame. He added that if I had continued to do the same thing, I would have died of poisoning very soon. I immediately deleted the review from the restaurant page and thought that I would again have to look for some crazy way to evoke emotions in myself. And I will also have to say goodbye to the wonderful taste of money. This made me really upset. And because of negative thoughts, I could no longer stay in bed. I decided to take a short walk down the hospital corridor and call my parents. They were abroad at that moment, but promised to send a driver with a package of normal food. And when I was waiting for it, I noticed a girl not far from me who was sitting on a chair and reading a book. I was very bored and decided to chat with her. Her name was Dina, and she also got to the hospital because of poisoning. We got into a conversation, 
and I thought that Dina was a very interesting girl who was wise beyond her years. When I was handed a whole bag of groceries, I was very happy, and then I noticed with what desire Dina looked at it. I asked if she had anything to eat besides hospital food, and she said that her parents didn't have the money to buy that much food. It turned out that Dina was from a poor family where all the attention was devoted to her disabled younger brother. He needed care and expensive medicines, which consumed most of the family budget. Dina said that she was not mad at her parents because they were trying to help him. Her story moved me, so I gave her my entire package. I also felt terribly ashamed. For a long time, I did not know what to do with money, and because of that, I started eating it. While many people cannot afford even basic food, what a blind idiot I was. Before my discharge, I handed Dina a check for $100,000 to make it easier for her family to support the children. She refused it at first, but I still convinced her to accept the check. And then I decided to help other children and families. That's why I gave all my pocket money to charity funds, so that there would be more and more happy and healthy people in this world every day. Why haven't I thought about this before? It's so great to help others. While being engaged in charity work, I finally began to experience vivid emotions, which were, in fact, only positive. It was much cooler than burning and eating money because they made me feel relevant and useful. If you had as much money as I do, what would you do with it? Give your answers in the comments. Don't forget to click on the thumbs up button below the video and be sure to share it with your friends. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Alessia from a small town in Kenya. Growing up, I was stubborn and also a happy kid. Even though my mom worked as a servant for the wealthy chief Mwangi at his farm, I always felt like part of the family because of the chief's son, Barasa. He was my best friend and he did almost everything with me. He helped me with chores and even stopped me from cleaning his room whenever I had to. It was fun until his uppity father stopped him from hanging out with me. Barasa, you're better than playing around with the servants. I want you to stay away from them from now on. What Barasa's father said hurt me, and I knew it had something to do with the fact that Mum and I were poor. I became envious whenever I saw Barasa with his wealthy friends. So, one day, I devised a plan to change his opinion of me. All I needed were the same expensive items that his friends wore. I began to put a lot of pressure on Mum to get them for me. Mum! I want that dress. How about we go to the yard sale over there? They sure do have some nice clothes. I hate them. They're ugly and cheap. I knew our poor situation was none of mom's fault. And later that <gasps> evening, she surprised me. And I was so overjoyed. Honey, I saved some money and got you those Louis Vuitton shoes you wanted. Thank you so much, mom. I have no idea why you need all these things anyway. We can do without them. I didn't tell her that I needed them because of Barasa. He had a swimming party that night and I wanted to make the best impression possible. I was going to show everyone that I wasn't just a regular servant girl. When I walked into the party dressed in one of my mom's old fashionable gowns and the Louis Vuitton shoes, everyone turned to stare at me. They made me so nervous that my heels shook so badly and I fell into the pool. Barasa quickly jumped in to save me, and I couldn't help but admire his strength. He lifted me as if I weighed nothing. What did you think you were doing, Alicia? This isn't your style. If your dad hadn't said those mean things about me and my mom and ended my friendship with you, I wouldn't have been trying to prove him wrong. I'm sorry about dad. He's a little 
harsh sometimes, but you should know you're my best friend, Alicia. Nothing can change that. Then why do you hang out with them instead of me? I'm only doing it to trick my dad. Besides, you don't have to change anything about yourself to prove him wrong. I don't care what you look like. The moonlight danced on Barassa's face, sharpening his features and making him more handsome. Suddenly, Mum walked in on us. So, this is where you've been all along, and I've been looking for you everywhere. Mum freaked out when she noticed my position in Barassa's arms. For some reason, she had never liked him much. Do you want us to lose our jobs as servants, Celestia? His father warned you to stay away from him. As soon as Mum was done yelling, dragged me away from the pool. I couldn't have been more embarrassed. Later that night, she sat me down and talked to me. Honey, life isn't all about wealth, but how to stay fulfilled with whatever you have. I'm disappointed in your actions tonight. When she finished, tears streamed down my cheeks and I hugged her. I'm sorry for everything, Mom. I'll be better. And I did become better. I did all my chores diligently while Barasa continued hanging out with me during moments his father couldn't see us. Our friendship grew stronger, transcending beyond rules set by our parents. A few years passed by and Mum fell ill. She was bedridden for weeks while I cared for her. Every day was filled with hopes for her recovery. And one particular day, she told me something that shocked me. Honey, I think it's time we moved out of here into somewhere better. I want to give you the life you deserve. I wasn't a fan of the idea. Moving out meant saying goodbye to Barasa and the horses I'd grown attached to. I needed some space to think. I left Mum alone and dashed to the stables where I found Barasa and told him everything. I don't know if I want to leave you and everything behind yet. Then don't. Don't let your mum take you away from the farm, Alicia. You can stay with me. I'll take care of you. Barasa's words followed me for the rest of the day, and when night reached, I went back to Mum. Mum, I don't think I'm ready to leave the farm yet. But Alessia... I think it'll be better if you let yourself heal here. The nature will give you more peace. <laughs> Fine. You've always been a stubborn child anyways. I love you, Mum. I love you too, baby girl. But there's another thing I need to tell you. Mum grabbed my face and looked at me with an expression I had never seen on her face before. It was fear. There are, um... Some things you don't know about, and don't need to know about yet. What do you mean, Mum? She ignored my question and continued like I hadn't said anything. If anything should happen to me, there's a box of valuables buried next to the cherry tree in the farm. Take it and run away. Do you understand me, child? I was speechless, so Mum shook my shoulders. Do you understand me, Alessia? No, Mum, and you're scaring me. What's happening? You don't need to know, but you'll do what I say, right? I mumbled out a small, right, and watched as her expression shifted to normal in milliseconds. It was scary. Now, honey, come give Mummy another hug. Mum felt strangely better the next morning and dashed to the market to get some dairy products. She put on shades and a wig before doing so, as if her performance the night before hadn't been strange enough. Everything made me so curious, especially when Mum didn't return that night. I panicked and dashed to Barasa with the news. My mum hasn't been back all day, Barasa. I think something happened to her. I've got this. I'll rally some villagers and search the town for her. It's a small town. She can't be far. I joined the villagers in their search. As we ransacked the forest, I felt a hard object under my foot. I picked it up and found that it was an ID with Mom's passport. Her name on it was Nuella Smith, which was different from the Jennifer Howard everyone knew her as. Mom was hiding something, and I could feel it. I noticed a movement to my right and quickly hid the ID in my pocket before turning around to see Barasa emerge from the bushes with a solemn expression. I'm sorry, Alicia, but 
We couldn't find your mom. Footprints in the soil suggest she might have run away. I gulped and turned away from Barasa as my eyes watered with tears. I couldn't believe my mom had left me. After that day, life on the farm felt different without mom. I had planned to leave as well, but Barasa persuaded me to stay. You don't have to leave, Alicia. I'll be inheriting the farm in a few years. And by then, I could marry you. And we could live happily ever after. I mean, that's if you want. Hearing Barasa say those words made me feel a bit queasy. Of course that's what I want, Barasa. But is that what you want? He gripped my chin and stared at me with such intensity that it made my stomach churn. That's what I've always wanted, Alicia. I've been in love with you since we were kids. I'm in love with you too, Barasa. Barasa kissed me and fireworks went off in my head. Three days later, I was in the coop feeding the chickens when Barasa walked in with a sad look on his face. Alicia, I have something to tell you. I'll be leaving to boarding school this week. Dad enrolled me in one yesterday. Sadness enveloped my entire body as I hugged Barasa. But what about our promise? Don't worry. I'll never forget. Your heart and mine are locked forever. The next morning, Barasa left the farm and we waved at each other with a secret look on our faces, promising to always return to each other. I carried on without Barasa on the farm, even if I constantly continued to feel the lack of his and mum's presence. The only thing that kept me going was his promise to me. Time passed, and two years later, news of Barasa's return spread like wildfire. I heard Chief Mungi's son will be returning today, and he's now a very handsome man. The girls won't know what hit them. I gave the woman a small smile before hurrying home with the vegetables I had purchased. Chief Mungi was throwing a big party to celebrate Barasa's return, and I couldn't wait to see him. As soon as I arrived at the mansion, I noticed cars parked all around it. I walked around looking for him when I noticed him kissing a girl on the patio. Many people surrounded him, applauding and yelling. Happy engagement! Thank you all. Angela is the prettiest woman I have ever met in my life. My heart broke into a thousand pieces. In disappointment, I tossed the market bags to the ground and fled the scene. Barasa, like Mum, had lied to me. I had no one but myself to rely on. I dashed to the cherry tree Mum mentioned years ago and dug furiously at the soil beside it until my hands hit something. It was a treasure box with a lot of money inside. I quickly packed my bags and left with the treasure chest without telling anyone. I flew to America and began a new life there. Mum's money supported me for years, and I used some of it to start a small agricultural business that grew into something big. I became one of the world's youngest billionaires and the proud owner of Aulis, a food technology firm. One day, I was on my way to work when a woman bumped into me. Hey, watch where you're going. She turned around and I was surprised to see. Mum? Hey, pretty lady. Please, I need a job. I can be your personal maid. Here's my CV. Security suddenly showed up to drag her away. Sorry, ma'am. This crazy lady escaped us. We'll take care of her. No, leave her. I'll take care of her. I took Mum to my office and asked her a lot of questions. Why did you leave me alone on the farm all those years ago? Huh? I don't know you. She couldn't answer any of my questions, and the worst of it all was that she couldn't even recognize me. I took her to the hospital, hoping they could fix her memory issue. I'm afraid there's nothing we can do for your mother. She needs something to trigger her memory. Maybe an impactful event from her past. I tried everything to trigger Mum's memory. I showed her old photos of us together. That looks like me. Took her to a farm, even showed her the ID she dropped all those years ago. Yet, Mum couldn't recognize me. I gave up and settled on taking care of her instead. 
The stress of caring for mom and the company took a toll on me, so I took some time off and went horse riding constantly. And one day, I saw Barasa and his wife. She was yelling at him right in the middle of the parking lot. I'm filing for a divorce right away! I was about to ignore them when she raised her arm to slap him, and I couldn't help but swoop in and grab her arm. That's enough! I won't let you assault someone on my property. And who do you think you are? Alessia, Barassa's old friend and owner of the parking lot you're standing on. Of course you're his friend. You both look pathetic. She flung her arm out of my grip and walked away with a menacing look at Barassa. Expect divorce papers and my lawyer. When Angela left, Barassa looked at me. Wow, you've grown and changed so much, Alicia. I wasn't going to remain a servant forever. Barasa had also changed since the last time I saw him, and seeing him now, I realized I no longer cared about him. There was no trace of the love I felt all those years ago. Alicia, about what you saw years ago, Dad forced me to marry Angela as a business transaction. He wanted to deal with her dad. It was nothing serious. I don't care, Barasa. I'm sorry about what your dad did, but I think it's best we move on. I've moved on. You should too. I won't give up on you, Alicia. No matter what it takes, I'll do anything to prove that I still love you. I pulled my arm out of his and walked away. I wasn't letting him back into my life. The next day, I was sitting on the couch watching some STA videos on TV when I heard a knock on my door. I went to see who it was and was surprised to see Barasa standing right on my porch with a bouquet of flowers in his hand. Hey there, thought I'd pay you a visit. How did you find my place? I asked around. Would you let me come in? Fine. Um, make yourself at home. Thank you. Your place looks absolutely beautiful. While we talked and caught up on the past, Mum walked in. Hey, Mum. Meet my friend Barasa. You remember him, right? She gave him a strange look, then approached him and sniffed his scent like a dog. Her pupils dilated and she pointed at Barasa. I know that smell. My memory's suddenly coming back to me. I knew I should be relieved that Mum's memory had returned, but I was offended. I was her daughter, and she couldn't even recognize me. But then she remembered Barasa, whom she didn't even like. She was also acting strangely and scaring Barasa. Hey, Mum, that's enough. No, Alessia, that boy and his father are criminals. That's a lie. You're a crazy woman. I remember everything. I was a CIA agent, undercover on their farm, gathering intelligence on their crimes. They found out and tried to capture me, but I escaped. I fell and hit my head as I ran away from them, and I couldn't remember much else except that some nice people helped me. Wow, that's a lot. Are you sure, Mom? Yes, honey, it's why I wanted us to leave the farm, but Barasa and his father were threatening to take you away from me. I couldn't tell you because I didn't want to get you in trouble. Everything Mum said shocked me to the bones, and I stared at Barasa, who avoided my gaze. Is this all true? She's lying. Can't you see? She left you, and I took care of you. No, you didn't. You only wanted her to trust you so you could turn her against me. What? I'm sorry, Alicia, but your mom is going crazy. I'm just going to leave you with Miss Loco here. Suddenly, Barasa sped for the door, and Mom leapt in the air and karate chopped him to the floor. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I never knew Mom had such skills. I've gathered enough intel on you and your father. You're not going anywhere. She rang for someone, and minutes later, suited men in shade showed up to the house. Thank you for your hard work, Noella. The president will reward you for doing a good job. I strolled up to Barasa and gave him a resounding slap. I can't believe you were only playing me. All that talk about love and you suddenly reappearing in my life? It all makes sense now. 
Barassa's expression instantly shifted to anger, and he seemed nothing like the boy I knew all those years ago. I wasn't playing you at first. I really liked you, but your mom had to go snooping around. Always keep your enemies closer, Dad says, and you and your mom are my enemies. Good. I hope we stay that way. You're a jerk. Enjoy your time in jail. I watched with a smirk as Barasa was dragged into the car and driven away. As soon as he left, I turned to Mum. So, your name's Nuella. I wish you had told me instead of keeping me in the dark. It was for the best, honey. Again, I'm really sorry. I'll spend each day making it up to you. I hope so. I threw my arms around her in a hug, basking in the scent and warmth of her body, which I'd missed. I've missed you so much, Mom. I was really scared you'd never remember me, and then when you did, I got mad that it only happened because of Barasa. I felt like you didn't love me. Don't say that, baby. I love you. And as for my memory, I couldn't control it. But remembering you is the best thing to have ever happened to me. I've missed you too. Mom and I stayed in the hug for several minutes until I remembered someone we hadn't spoken about. What about Chief Monkey? What'll happen to him now? I figure he's already heard about everything and is on the run. But we'll get him. He can't run forever. You're super cool, Mum. The next day, Mum was invited to the White House where she received an award of recognition and excellence from the president. I couldn't have been prouder of her. You know, sometimes our parents did mean the best for us after all. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.